So last week at CORE, which again, uh, as Corey mentioned, CORE is our junior and senior high gatherings on Sunday nights. And so last week at CORE, we talked a little bit about the word Advent, which simply means the arrival of something notable. So for example, the, uh, the advent of the iPhone or uh, the advent of your presence here this morning, just simply something worth noting the arrival of. And so with that in mind, in the life of the church, Advent is a word that describes the days leading up to Christmas. And so it starts with the beginning of December and goes through Christmas morning as an opportunity for us to intentionally sit with the awe-inducing, soul-satisfying mystery of the Incarnation. That special moment which changed the course of human history all started when Christ was born and the promises that God had been making since the very beginning that were re-promised and foretold time and time again throughout the Old Testament had finally arrived. And as Matthew tells us in his gospel, this baby would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the truth is God has been with us and for us since the very beginning preparing for this moment of Jesus' arrival, which was done completely for our sake. And just as our lives are shaped by the birth of a newborn baby that comes into our homes, how much more should our lives be changed by the one who is born the King of Kings? And as our lives are shaped by Christ, this impacts how we see God at, uh, being with us in different places in our journey. And so last week, Pastor Mark shared about how God is with us in the valley. Valleys are where important battles took place and where God would reveal himself to his people. It is our journeys through the dark valleys is where we actually get to know God intimately. But God is not only with us in the hardest parts of our lives. There are actually times when we encounter God in some of the most blessed and memorable moments. And these moments actually can change the scope and direction of our lives. In fact, if you were to look at the scriptures, you'll notice that throughout history, God uses both valleys and mountaintops to accomplish his purposes. And so today we're going to be looking at how God is with us on the mountaintop. And so as we jump in, will you pray with me? So Lord God, we come before you now ready to hear your word and to hear the stories uh, of what you are doing uh, throughout human history and how it impacts us today. And so, Lord God, I pray that you give us ears to hear the truth and the joy that comes with being with you on the mountaintop. And so, Lord, we invite you into this time. In your name we pray. Amen. So throughout human history, mountaintops have always been seen as a sacred place. Many would look to the mountains, as the psalmist writes, for their help and guidance. For there is the direction of our hearts, a longing to go upwards towards the Lord. In fact, because of this, many ancient civilizations actually would build their places of worship on top of the mountain. Can you imagine having to drive there on a morning like this, right? Uh, so, for example, actually, we know that the Jewish temple uh, was built and later rebuilt by the Israelites in the highest point in Jerusalem. And if you can recall from this past summer, this was actually an important detail in our sermon series, Psalms of Ascent, the songs that the people would sing as they uh, took their pilgrimage to the temple, and they would literally journey upwards, they would ascend toward the temple. And so mountaintops have always been seen as this like special, sacred place for many people, but what's so special about mountaintops? 
Well, in Scripture, while God continually reveals himself in the valleys, it is on the mountaintops where people have profound, life-changing encounters with God's faithfulness. And so I thought I would just kind of share with you a few familiar, possibly, stories of examples of this. So Noah, Genesis 6 through 9, who after having great faith, built an ark and escaped the tragic flood. And God had spared Noah from this judgment of cleansing the world of its constant evil. But after the waters receded, the ark lands upon Mount Ararat. And it is here where God makes a promise to Noah and his descendants through the sign of an unforgettable rainbow. At that mountaintop, humanity had essentially started over through Noah, and it was on that mountaintop that they were reminded of God's faithfulness. Fast forward to uh, Genesis chapter 22, we have Abraham. You may remember the struggle that Abraham and Sarah, his wife, had had in having a son, which God had promised so many years before. And it was through this son that they would have that the world would be blessed But Abraham and Sarah were old, and they were well past their childbearing years. But God was faithful to keep his promises. And so Isaac was finally born, and they could finally move on with this blessing in their life. That is, until Abraham was to have his faith tested. God commanded him to bring his son as a sacrifice on Mount Moriah. And just at the right moment, God provided a ram as a substitute for the life of Isaac. And what's really profound about this one story is many centuries later on this exact same mountain, Jesus would be condemned as a criminal and would be brought down to Golgotha to be killed as a substitute for all of us. On the mountaintop, God reminds us that he is faithful. Fast forward again to Exodus chapter 3 and we see Moses who at the time is a shepherd tending to flocks in the land of Midian. And he comes to Mount Horeb, which literally translates the mountain of God. And it was here on top of the mountain that Moses encounters a burning bush. God calls him to leave this life of shepherding and become a leader of the Hebrews by going back to Egypt and freeing his people. And by God's power, Moses obeyed and the Israelites followed him out of Egypt and through the miracle of the Red Sea. And Moses brings them back to this very same mountain where God would give them the Ten Commandments. God was faithful to hear the cries of his people and Moses uh, helped Moses follow through with God's calling in his life. One last example, and actually one of my favorite stories from the Old Testament actually is Elijah, who encounters God in two chapters at two different mountaintops. So in 1 Kings 18, we see this epic showdown on Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal. As the story goes, you had all these prophets who were worshiping the pagan god Baal, and you had Elijah, and they both had their altars. And the prophets of Baal worshiped all day and all night to try to get Baal to show up, and nothing happened. And so then on on, uh, Elijah's altar, he had them pour buckets and buckets of water on top of this altar, and he stands back and invites God to show up. And God shows up in a pillar of fire, completely taking up the entire altar. And that day, they cleansed Israel of the pagan worship of Baal. And yet, what is interesting, that in spite of Elijah being the one leading the way for God to do something miraculous, Elijah gets scared because the queen Jezebel was not happy. And so he takes off running for his life. And he runs, quite interestingly, to Mount Horeb. Same mountain that Moses met God in the burning bush. 
So what happens to Elijah on that mountaintop? God shows up in the sound of a whisper. Elijah, who was fearful of his life, even pleading with God, just end my life because I can't endure this anymore. God shows up in a whisper and says, I'm not through with you yet. You've got a lot that you are going to accomplish. And he does, as you read in the next following chapters, of continuing to uh, condemn uh, sin in the lives of Israel and continuing by building up a new prophet to step into his place after he was done. God was faithful to hear the cries of Elijah and to comfort him on the mountaintop. These are but a few examples of how mountaintops can be profound places, life-changing experiences with the Lord. And we all love to be uh, in the midst of mountaintop experiences. In fact, if you have your Bibles or grab one from the pew in front of you, open up with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17. And so Jesus is in the midst of this chapter. He's already been doing a lot of profound miracles and saying a lot of great things about the kingdom of God and essentially telling people why he was there. And so we see in Matthew 17 as we arrive, Jesus decides to take Peter, James, and John on a little hiking trip up the mountain. Most likely, uh, based on the previous chapter, Mount Tabor or Mount Hermon, the text doesn't tell us, but that's all right. don't need to know that information. But what is important is it was on this mountaintop they experienced something profound. Jesus was transfigured. Verse 2 tells us that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Jesus experiences this divine physical transformation which is very visible to the disciples. This moment would be a marker of who Jesus really was. The, The glory of Jesus, which was somewhat hidden here at the incarnation, was now fully revealed to the world about who he was as the Son of God. But not only did they see Jesus in his transfigured state, but there was with him two guests. Verse 3 tells us it was Moses and Elijah. Two key people who were the voices of the law and of the prophets. Two people whose presence was often expected at the advent of the Messiah. I mean, can you imagine the wide-eyed, jaw-dropping expression of the disciples as they witness Jesus in all of his glory? I mean, oh man, that had to be a wonderful moment. In fact, look at Peter's response in verse 4. That experience was so good that Peter actually wanted to make some shelters. Uh, Let's pitch some tents right here and camp out a while because this is so good. And we get it, right? I mean, when we have our own mountaintop experiences, we want to just pitch a tent right there and then soak up all of God's goodness in that moment. We love being on mountaintops because that is where God does some profound things in our lives. In fact, if you were here for our Thanksgiving service, we had the opportunity to hear some good things that are going on in some of our uh, people's lives. And one such story is actually uh, from Autumn Snyder, who I know is hiding in the back. I saw you. Uh, Autumn Snyder gave me permission to share this story. So Autumn is a former student of our youth group, uh, now graduated out. Uh, but a few years ago, during her senior year of high school, Autumn joined us at Chick. 
So Chick is our denomination's triannual senior high conference, and uh, we, it's a week-long trip down in Knoxville, Tennessee, where we gather with 6,000 other covenanters for deep teaching and powerful worship and fun memories to be made. And before this trip, Autumn had her entire life planned. She knew what she was going to do for a career. She had her school already picked out. She got her roommate. She was basically ready to start college one month after Chick with everything figured out. However, God did some profound things in Autumn's life at Chick. He stirred in her heart a compassion for refugees, people who have been displaced due to the atrocities of their homeland and are running for their lives. And I'll never forget that moment sitting in my office when I was told, Mike, Autumn just changed her major to missions. Oh, man. In fact, it is so exciting because in just a few months, Autumn is actually preparing now to go to Uganda with a team from her college. And so, shameless plug, I invite you to go chat with her after the service and find out how you can actually be a part of being, uh, helping a child of this church follow the calling God has placed in her life and to continue that journey. So go chat with her after the service. But for me, as a, as a youth pastor who have gone to many trips like Chick over the years, Autumn's, uh, what God did in Autumn's life is actually not a shock to me. I'm not surprised by this at all be, to hear stories like this. In fact, that was part of my story. Uh, back in 10th grade, while I was on a missions trip in, interestingly, the mountains of West Virginia, it was there that I heard God tell me very specifically, Mike, I want you to be in ministry. And I came home from that trip a very different person with a very different purpose in life. Boy, do we love being on those mountaintop experiences because that is where God does some profound things in our lives. And yet, as much as we crave it, the life of faith is more than just trying to have a mountaintop experience. I want you to hear that again. The life of faith is more than just trying to have a mountaintop experience. Rather, our experiences are part of a continuous journey upward. I believe that the only reason we have mountaintop experiences is simply because we are on an intentional journey ascending upward. We have put ourselves in a place and a posture of waiting God to show, for God to show up. We're, we're literally listening to his voice and our hearts are open to whatever it is God may tell us in that moment. But to get to the mountaintop, we have to be journeying upward. As Mark shared last week, God meets us in the valleys, but once we get through the valley to the other side, we begin to climb the mountain. And along the journey upwards, we begin to see moments of God's goodness and faithfulness that becomes markers of faith. And I'll remember a few years ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to go hiking in the Rocky Mountain National Park out in Colorado. And if you've ever been there, just gorgeous views and we hiked all the way up. We did, you know, a couple hours later, we started the journey back down. And we would use along the way natural markers that let us know we were going in the right direction. So like that big fallen tree over there, that giant-sized rock, like that would, those were markers that helped us know we were going in the right direction. In the same way, we all need markers of faith to remind us about what God has been doing in our lives. And not just one but a collection of markers revealing to us that God is leading us in the right direction. And so when we look back at our lives, these markers are what make up our faith journey. 
And so our mountaintop experiences are not simply moments of our faith reaching its peak or opportunities for us to remember the glory years of my faith life. Rather, mountaintop experiences become a part of a bigger journey upward towards the Lord. It's important that we pay attention to and share the many marking moments in our faith journey because these are the testimonies of God's people, of him at work in in their lives. And the Bible is actually filled with faith-marking moments as well. Moments when people would actually stop and build an altar, a, a marker, to never forget what God did there. And so one such story is found in Joshua chapter 3. So if you will, jump over to that in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 3. And in this story, Moses had already passed on his leadership of Israel to Joshua. And they were getting ready to begin the conquest of the promised land. And after sending spies in who were rescued by Rahab, Israel was ready to move forward. But to do so, they would once again need to cross a large body of water, this time being the Jordan River. And it is truly a remarkable event at the Jordan River, as uh, verse 15 tells us was at flood stage. This Jordan River was completely stopped up when the priest carrying the ark stepped out onto it. I mean, just like their families and ancestors had told them about what God did at the Red Sea and they heard those stories, now they experienced it for themselves of God holding back the waters and allowing his people to move forward on dry ground. But watch what happens in verse 1 of chapter 4. As the story continues, they cross the river, but then God calls Joshua to pause and to acknowledge what just happened here. He says, go and have a member from each tribe gather a large stone from the middle of that dry river and make an altar so that, as verses 6 and 7 say, that it may serve as a sign among you in the future. When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the altar was built to serve as a reminder to tell the story of what God did. And that story would be remembered for generations to come. It was intentionally marking a moment in their lives where God showed up in a powerful way. It reminds us to fix our eyes on the Lord who is faithful. These were mountaintops experiences who God did some pretty amazing things in their lives. And people's faith were deepened because of it. And so as we close, I want to challenge you this morning to do two things this week as we think about these mountaintop experiences. The first thing is this. I want you to listen intentionally for God's voice. Not just listen for God's voice, but intentionally listen. Intentionally put yourself in places and postures where you find yourself expectantly waiting for God to show up where you're really trying to listen for the Lord's voice. And in that moment, let your heart be open to whatever it is God might tell you. Because it is here that we can respond and once again be uh, journeying upward to the mountaintop. You know, God marked a huge milestone with the birth of Jesus. And interestingly, out of all the people who had been hearing about the coming Messiah, all the people who heard the prophecies and should have been listening, the only people who responded was the pagans from Babylon 
and the outcast shepherds of Israel. Those were the ones paying attention. Those were the ones who responded to what God was doing around them. And so just as the wise men and the shepherd listened and responded, what are the significant things going on in your life that is an opportunity to respond to what God is doing around you? All it takes is actually one moment of intentional listening and responding to the Lord for a mountaintop experience to begin and for your life to be drastically changed through it. So don't just listen, but intentionally listen for God's voice. And then the second thing is this. I want you to mark your faith-forming moments. What are your stories of faith where God showed up in profound ways? As you listen for what God is doing around you in the present, go back and revisit the stories of past experiences where God showed up and turn those stories into markers that continue to lead you and others upward toward the Lord. These are the stories we must tell, stories of God's faithfulness in our lives. They are encounters that draw those around us to consider starting the journey up the mountain for themselves. In fact, I would challenge you to not even just simply reminisce those stories, but actually make a marker, a physical marker of those events. Uh, Just as Israel would build an altar to remind them of what God did there, create for yourself physical markers of your faith-inspiring moments so that someday your children or grandchildren or your friends or neighbors who are over one day and see that on the mantle or see that sitting on the shelf and they say, hey, what's this? And you can look at it and say, oh, have I got a story of what God did back in whatever year it was. So for us, we actually have this. This is a a candle that was given to us a a couple years ago when we were getting ready to leave Mankato and to come here uh, to be a pastor here. That was a very tough journey for our family. Uh, We had to live by faith a lot during that season. And uh, it's hard to leave. We had been there for seven years and build a lot of relationships. It was hard to leave. Uh, But... Our pa- one of our pastors gave us this gift, and interestingly, it's Josh 1.9. <laughs> Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, for us, this, w- this was a moment where we were spoken into our lives saying that you are called to be a light wherever you go. So know that the Lord is with you, no matter what you face or no matter where you head off, and to be- continue to take that light with you. And so for us, this candle actually is a significant moment to remind us of the story of everything that went on during that uh, time. And someday I'd love to share with you all the different things where God showed up. But this is a marker of our faith and what God had did in our lives. And so someday when uh, our kids are older, I would love for Molly and Annika to say, Hey, what's this candle? Why is this on here? And I can say, Oh, let me tell you what God did in our family back in 2017. That's why we do this, to be able to share the stories we have. And so may you, in listening to the Lord intentionally and marking your faith-forming moments, continue to lead you personally as well as lead others around you upward towards the mountaintop because God is with us there as well and God does some profound things in our lives. Amen? Let's pray.